Good evening, hockey fans. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, a wee off-season podcast. I think what we're going to do in the next couple of episodes is probably a wee deep dive into the 22-23 season. Now, when making some notes for this episode, there's quite a lot of things to discuss, but you agree? Yeah, ju- juicy. Juicy. So in this episode, we're probably going to cover off or probably get through maybe the pre-season things, I guess, discuss some of the items on there with a bit of hindsight, potentially, mm-hmm. uh, and see if our thoughts have changed. Please don't go back and listen to previous podcasts because we've seen the complete <laughs> opposite. But these are now come with like some hindsight views. So we thought it was quite interesting to maybe go back through and almost start from the beginning. So I think... We'll just go for it, start with pre-season. And I think roughly about the same time as now, it was the 5th of April, Malcolm Cameron re-signs for the clan. Well, it, it was, I guess, roughly the same time, but also I looked it up just to see, because I thought in, in my head that it was uh, after we'd get dumped out of the playoff quarterfinals that the Malcolm Cameron announcement came out, but apparently it was before then. Oh, was it? Which I didn't realise. So, yeah, there was an announcement that he was re-signing for the 22-23 season. Obviously, we all know how that panned out. Yeah, but to give context to his re-signing, with hindsight, if you look at that time, I don't think it was quite as negative as maybe Malcolm Cameron's name is now in the clan arena. To give some context, what we finished sixth in the 21-22 season, and when I looked at the table just before we started, we were only two points off coming fourth. Mm-hmm. And we, I think the clan started the season late. I think we are playing like three games a weekend. And was it maybe there was like a month we played like mainly away or something like that? There was, there was, it was a bit of a cluster of a season with COVID as well. Yeah. So it was definitely challenging, especially starting late. So to be fair to Cameron, he got a sixth. We could have potentially got fourth. It was that close. And... At that point in time, you're kind of thinking he's done the best with what he's got. He'd obviously made some good signs with Starrett and different things. And look at it, you kind of thought he's done well out of a potentially bad situation. And you'd think going forwards into this season, you know, we could build off that sixth place mm-hmm. finish. And I think there was some Clyde interviews once he'd re-signed and things like that. We was talking about, yeah, we're going to try and the next achievements try and get fifth, fourth and kind of work our way for there, build up a team. And now we kind of know how that plays out. Not quite too well, but when you look at the press release at that time, what was it? He said he'd spoken to 100 players since January 2022. It all sounded very good, didn't it? Yeah, I think when I was reading the press release as well, it said that compared to the 21-22 season, there was more like guys around because COVID restrictions were touch wood starting to come to an end. So I'm guessing more imports were able to kind of come over from North America. So yeah, it all sounded... Very optimistic. It sounded very good. We thought, you know, Cameron has pulled out a couple of magic rabbits out of his hat in terms of some of his signings. And he's got, you know, gave the impression of a wide pool of like players that he could get. And, you know, from here at this point, we're thinking, here we go. And yeah. I've just remembered something else as well. Is is this, a, I'm guessing around this time when the hashtag Malky Puck t-shirts were released? <laughs> yeah, let's not discuss the Malky Puck t-shirts. None of us bought one of them. Uh... Yeah, that's now your painting t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's now my decorating t-shirt. So I, I'll be honest, I kind of bought into Malky Puck towards the end of the season. I thought he well, she had his Malkyisms and... To be fair, I think once we get into maybe the next future episode of the podcast, we'll definitely try and do a collection of the Malkyisms after some of the, the losses. But um, I think at this point in time, 
things were looking good. We had a consistent coach. He'd made some good signings, albeit he'd made some bad signings as well. But the consistency thought, this is going to drive us forward quite well. However, I'd say pretty much there's a bit of silence in terms of clan news for a good wee while, um, up until the season kind of started to ramp up, season tickets go on sale. And I think similar to this season, by the looks of it, we're not going to hear about season tickets till quite late on until May. So I think really the next, if memory serves me after, like outside of the playoffs and different results in terms of the future season, it was the announcement of the clan season tickets. And this was announced on May 28th that there's going to be season tickets announced or season tickets going on sale and I would say when you look at this with hindsight around about this time is when the wheels pretty much started to maybe fall off around the mm-hmm. clan I, I can't remember though was it delayed because they had a new ticketing provider oh yeah possibly I can't I can't remember if that's when that came in and I think that was possibly the reason they gave for it being kind of so late because I mean we're seeing it now all the other teams are starting to announce their season ticket renewals and costings for 23 24 and we've not come out with anything yet, but I've, I've, I don't know, I've got a funny feeling that it was because there was like a new ticketing provider that was prolonged, possible. Yeah, I think ironically, in this time that we record, I think there's a potential takeover. I think the ticketing provider might be form part of that conglomerate's, they own some of it or whatever. So this is where the wheels of the bus, the clan bus started to maybe fall off. And I think maybe with hindsight, you look back and go, this is probably, yeah, this is the point we are it looked like things were going south. So we'd announced the season tickets going sale May 28th and they're going to go on sale on the May 30th. So the key date there, May 30th. So what happened in May 30th? Well, other than the season tickets going on sale, there was an announcement by Matt Haywood that he would not be returning to the clan. So this was kind of from the same day season tickets going on sale and your longest serving player of what, 12 years I think it was, mm-hmm. had not it basically said uh, he's not returning and it wasn't a kind of a what's the best way of saying it? I don't think it was a harmonious farewell was maybe the best way to say it Yeah. and I think if I read a bit of a quote from his statement it was I'm not interested in being strung along and made to feel like a last resort at the bottom of the barrel I don't feel like I deserve that after giving my all for the club over these past 12 years sadly I didn't get this chance to say bye now that was an abbreviated version and I think at the time when we looked at it I think when we were discussing it, it definitely felt like for a player that's played for you for 12 years and you had the consistent coaching team that was returning in terms of Malcolm Cameron, surely he must have known the chances are he's not going to re-sign him and could have gave him, the, the guess, the respect of a farewell on the last home match of the 21-22 season. Mm-hmm. And I think, to be fair to Matt Hayward, I think he would have respected just being told face-to-face, it's not happening. He might not have been happy about it, but at least given the send-off with the fans and all that kind of stuff. But to have been strung along probably was a sign of things to come that maybe, you know, wasn't a great way of treating the players. And I think when you look at an example of something that happened recently this season, I think it was maybe even Matt Hayward's partner that had uh, tweeted it, but I think it was someone for the Chicago Blackhawks. I think it was a guy called Jonathan... I'm going to butcher this Taves. name. Or Taves. Um, uh, thanks for that, because I was going to say toes, basically. <laughs> he wasn't, re- I think he was a long-term player for the Chicago Blackhawks, and I think basically management there had decided they're not going to re-sign him. But instead of kind of stringing him along, they gave him the courteous measure of saying, we're not going to re-sign you, and then gave him a, basically a good send-off, effectively. Mm-hmm. And I think 
to be fair to Matt, 12 years of service, and I know he had testimonials and a testimonial and things like that, but I think he deserved more than what he got there for finishing his time with the clan. And that's a bit where I found it a wee bit disappointing. I think when we looked at it, it kind of went, I get what they're trying to do is maybe upgrade their, is it the Brit pack is maybe the term of it? But it could have been handled definitely a lot better, in my opinion. And looking at it, even under this potential new bid that we've got coming in, he's signed on for Leeds Knights into the 23-24 season, so... That pretty much, I think, rules out a return yeah. for Matt Haywood to the club. And he seems to be doing well down in Leeds. They recently won the, the Leeds Knights won the NHL playoffs and they were at the top of their division as well. So, yeah. Fair play to him. I think, he did. I think he's actually put up a lot of goals. And from what I've seen, I think he was a fan favourite and maybe one of the first players to re sign on for the next season. Yeah, I think he was. You know, I guess I, I don't know where I stand with the whole kind of, you know, brick core and all that kind of things. I, I kind of like, I liked Matt Haywood. But I, at the time when they did that, I just felt they could have handled it a bit better if, if the manager at the time thought he was upgrading the brick core. That's fine to have his opinion, but they could have handled it a bit better. So that wasn't exactly what you want on your season ticket going on sale day as longest serving player kind of coming out with a fairly, you know, heavy hitting statement that didn't really paint the clan in a good light. And by the sounds of it, we've not heard the clan's side of it, but it doesn't really look terribly great. Mm-hmm. I think following on from that, another one of the Brit players on the following day had then said they were leaving and that was uh, McLaughlin in goals. And he said, I need to be able to play and not let feel like I'm not capable enough to help the team, which again suggested not very good things about Malcolm Cameron, maybe at the time, for him to have said things like that. Yeah, and I, I, I've not actually, I don't actually know how how he's been getting on in with Hull Seacock. Sea, Seacock. <laughs> Seahawks. Seahawks. Oh, <laughs> But thinking of, well, I'm sure we'll come on to this when we do our kind of later on in the season, but thinking of Jordan Buesa who'd left so again he could get more ice time. It's actually done him the world of good. He's been kind of, when he's yeah. been coming back to help us out, he's been really, playing really well. So fair play, that's why he needs to kind of improve his game. Then again, fair play to him. Yeah, so again, maybe two of the Brit players not painting the clan and Malcolm Cameron in a good light around about the time of the season tickets. Mm-hmm. From there, we moved on and it was kind of like just a kind of drunk, press junket saying that, you know, Malcolm Cameron's trying to fit the pieces of the puzzle and, you know, getting his signings lined up and all this kind of stuff. But realistically, it then became into about the 3rd of June before we got a first signing. So the first signing was Dunbar mm-hmm. and that was the 3rd of June. He played for Guildford. I think he if I've got, if I've read the stats right, I think he played over two hundred games for them, and by the looks of it, he'd average like a point a game, which, from my loose hockey knowledge, that's pretty good average for over two hundred games to be getting a point a game. So on face value, seems like a solid start to the the signing, the signing uh, window. Mm-hmm. We then moved on to Peacock signing on the sixth of June, so just a couple of days later, and I don't I don't know what what your thoughts were on this. Was this designed to be kind of like the the Haywood replacement kind of or upgrades or is this just a total separate signing I'm I'm just trying to understand I was just trying to see Uh, yeah maybe I'm assuming so because he's obviously played for the clan prior to what so he'd played for Fife the 21-22 season prior to then played for the clan so it was like a homecoming of sorts for him so I think in the press release they were signed for his veteran presence which is probably fair enough, but um, you kind of go, was that an upgrade on someone who's been with the club for 12 years? Mm-hmm. We then had County signing, I think that was the same day. Again, another 
a, a British player to play. He also played for Guildford. Yeah, I, I, I seem to remember kind of in the, the old Twitter um because he does the same Dunbar previously, there was like talks of like, are we now the Glasgow Flames, the, the Guildford <laughs> clan or whatever. So yeah, but that was a good sign. Then we kind of move on to probably maybe more the the big ticket signing of the season. Or so we thought. Or so we thought, which was Dixon signs, that was the 10th of June. I think the strange thing about this was everyone was excited for this, including us. And normally you get, what was it, um, like the bias of when you see that the team that you signed for being really gutted he's leaving you kind of think, oh, we've really want to watch. But, look, fair play to the guy, obviously when you look further into the season, he's taken on a coach and all these different things. But, it definitely feels that maybe Cardiff maybe got him at his peak and we maybe got him a wee bit on the decline. Is that maybe fair to say? That's fair to say. Albeit, I think we saw glimmers of, ta- like, not talent, but like, you know, the player he probably could have been towards actually the end of the season, ironically, in some of the, like, the playoff matches. Um, it was good at face-offs. Yeah, he was good at that as well. But uh, and I think I remember when he was announced, people were saying that's what that's what we needed because our our percentage for face-offs the last season was mince. I mean, I couldn't tell you that's just that's what was off my head. But uh, yeah, I think I remember people saying, "Well, this is this is what he's been brought in for." Yeah, so I think we probably loose understanding is I think he was like the big ticket player. You know, they're probably maybe on the higher end of the wage scale. I think maybe just expected a wee bit more from him in certain occasions. Now it's hard to really judge a lot of the team, obviously with a lot of the things that went on forwards. Then we signed a couple of days later, Stenton on a two-year deal. So another British player and to be fair, I think he's done alright. Like, seems promising. Good to get him on a two-year deal. And then we had Toth just two days later signing and in the press release we think he'll be a diamond in the rough for us. Now, I think unfortunately it just didn't work out and we'll probably come across this when we get to that stage of the season where the wheels truly fell off the, the clan bus. But yeah, for Toth, unfortunately, I think everyone saw maybe glimmers of hope, but just wasn't working, was it? Yeah, you do wonder if it might have been like a, a cultural difference, but I think he played like primarily in, or solely in Europe before, yeah. uh, so I don't know if it's like a different style of hockey coming over here or... Yeah, I, I think, don't know, it just didn't work out. Yeah, I think when you look at a lot of the defensive players, they definitely seem to, to a certain extent, almost look like they improved a lot once Malcolm had left. So I don't know if it was a yeah. incorrectly, if that makes sense. Well, did, did he not go, go back to Hungary? And he, was, he, was he not playing in like the Hungary na- Hungarian national team? Or like, I'm sure he's won some sort of trophy. I'm sure I remember yeah. saying on Twitter that he'd won some but, something. Yeah, I, I, look, I can't remember the exact thing, but he, there's definitely been back to one of, the, I think maybe his home country leagues and won like, a trophy to be fair and that's not easy to do so it kind of feels like we didn't get I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. so yeah so that one didn't really work out for us but it looks like maybe the coaching style didn't work who knows then we move on to again one of the controversial signings of the season which was signing Driscoll in goals um, and when you look at the press release it was he was recommended by uni scouts other folky trusts so you kind of go look track record is he signed saying star it so we'll go for it and we'll get to it we'll discuss the goaltenders a bit more in a wee second once we've kind of announced them all and then you know a wee Gary Hayden signs not long after it and I guess he was a player we didn't actually know what we were getting with and probably was maybe what maybe one of the diamonds in the rough mm-hmm. and again this is where Malcolm Cameron to a certain extent looked promising in that when you look at a lot of the players he signed it had you know 
contacts with them, whether it's previously when these players were juniors and things like that. And that's where, um, I guess that's where Malcolm's strengths were at some point, as he was, he did seem to have contacts. Mm-hmm. Then we'd signed Colton Waltz. Um, so he'd moved to Glasgow. Oh, yeah, I, can't, I, I can't remember when. I think it was maybe midway through the last season after he was injured at Fife. I'm not sure, to be fair. I don't think, I think he was injured at the previous season of Fife. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, I, I can't remember him coming in right from the beginning, but he played well for us. The yeah. 21-22 seasons, I think that was, again, we're quite looking for him joining, uh, rejoining. So it was a bit of a difficult one because he then got uh, pretty much injured for the, I think he was playing through an injury. Yeah. And then eventually got an operation on that injury and came back. So he, he, it's hard to really judge him because he didn't really get, he was playing through an injury, playing short and we'll get on to all that mm-hmm. in the, the future episode. But, you know, for the brief stint he had when he came back, you know, he did actually look pretty good. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the, the, if memory serves me, the clan would do a kind of tweet alert on like, I think it was like a Thursday or something like that, and it'd be like, incoming news than ever. And that's what was happening with a lot of these signings, as it'd be like, heads up, there's a signing coming. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I guess it's hard to keep some of these things a secret, but I think a lot of them have been kind of spoiled a wee bit in terms of like different leaks. Rumours, uh, tweets, pages. Uh, and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things I, I really enjoyed, um, and I get one of the criticisms, criticisms of the clan has maybe been fan engagement. And I think maybe towards the start of the season, I thought they did quite well. And then obviously when the wheels came off, maybe it disappeared a little bit. Mm-hmm. But one of the things they done was their version of like Super Sunday for signings. And if memory serves me, I think I was flying to London. I'd managed to get a ticket to Wimbledon, no brag. But, um, you know, and I was sitting at the airport watching this and it was quite well done. It was like, you know, they had the kind of almost fake, uh, what would you call it, Sky Sports News. And I think Jerry was kind of back doing some of the announcements yeah. and things like that. And to be fair... For, from what I remember, like they did they did drag it out a little <laughs> bit. Like I think the, the first thing was it, it kicked off at say 10 o'clock and I think your flight was maybe at like 12. So you thought, right, well, I'll get maybe at least kind of like a couple before I go in the plane. <laughs> and by the time we were boarding... <laughs> Still no news. Yeah, they definitely dragged it out, but I, I it was well done. It was well done, to be fair. And I think the first person they signed on that—I could be wrong—but was McParland, who Malcolm said he knew him from the ECHL, and then he was touted as a sniper. I think was it. And I think when you look at his Italian league stats, I think he was getting like one point five points a game. So again, you're thinking if we, if we get some players that are all kind of getting a point a game, we'll be absolutely cruising it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it kind of maybe didn't quite kick it off as maybe well as you'd like to at the start, but did start to come on to a game. Then we signed Bhutan. And again, I can't remember what, we'll come on to it once I've done a bit more research, but he got injured pretty much straight out of the gate, didn't he? He's been on the bench the whole season. Yeah. And he, I think the reason he said he signed is because he played with Wah. That's one of the incentives he had for coming. Mm-hmm. And then probably the big one, probably the first what would you say of all those signings probably the first outside of Dixon probably the next marquee signing was Wah in quotes the king had uh, signed and again on face value seems like a good signing I think he, if memory said he did really well the previous season mm-hmm. and I think he'd quoted saying unfinished business so again around this time the hype was we finished six, but we're going to push. Yeah, we're we're challenging for silverware. I think was even some of the oh, yeah the yeah. the press releases. Of, I think that I was in all the in all the interview because they 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 kind of um with each announcement there was like an interview to go along with it and and all the uh, announcements. The kind of question was, what are you wanting to achieve this season? And I think that's what everyone was saying. You know, like challenge for silverware, blah 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 blah. 
Oh, how it played out. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, that was probably the second marquee signing of the the kind of signing process. And then straight after that, it was Mitch Jones had signed. Our thoughts were he had a good last season. And what was the saying that everyone had for Mitch Jones? He was good from the blue line. That's what I felt like everyone said. He, he, he was good from the blue line. And again... I had a bit of a tough shift because maybe we'll come on to it but we had that injury to the eye I think there was one point we had like 3D men at one point so he's kind of managed to power on throughout the majority of the season not being injured and that was kind of the end of Super Sunday and on paper that seems like a solid Super Sunday to me mm-hmm. again when you look at the signings up to this point there's probably not too many players in there that are going hmm, like turning your nose up at so then after that, it was a uh, Buesa signed, so again, helps the Brit core, and like we'd referred to earlier, it kind of didn't really get off to the greatest of starts. I wasn't overly, I hate to say it, impressed maybe is the best way of saying it, but then he went and signed for, what was it, what was the team he signed for? Sheffield Steel Dogs, if I went up. Yeah, I think that's And then, see, once he'd done that and started coming back, I went, this guy's... You know, I, I'm kind of going. I, he played really well. There was a lot of games uh-huh. I thought he came in and was definitely not the same player as when he left. So I think he definitely made personally the right decision for himself to get more ice time. I think to begin with, he wasn't getting that. Yeah, he wasn't getting that much ice time. He was in the fourth line consistently and uh, not getting used. I can't remember if he started getting used more once he got injuries or they started yeah. coming in after he left. I can't quite remember. But yeah, after after he kind of went to the Steel Dogs and got more ice time, he. Let's play better for us, I would say. Yeah, definitely. What else happened? We had Ferguson signs, one of our bowling partners at the the OSC bowling night. Very nice chap, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And just a wee throwback to that, I was absolutely honking at bowling. I generally thought, I went in there thinking, I'm going to be pretty good at this. I'm just, it's all going to come back to me from my, the back in the day. And no, it was terrible. Oh, you weren't that bad. And then at that kind of gap there, the clan again, when we talk about fan engagement, they did a quote, oh, a check your seat day on the 5th of July, we could go down. I think it was like a combination of you could go into the arena, see where you're sitting or see where you want to sit. And then they were also like selling the socky tops, I think. And I, if memory serves me, yeah. Peacock was kicking about. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I thought that was quite a cool wee, you know, thing to go down and see. And it definitely seemed popular when we were there, considering it was on for maybe a good few hours. Yeah. definitely a lot of folk down there still in the signings uh, we had Massey signs 6th of July again another you know on face value seems like a solid signing didn't go off to a great start but finished the season I'd say looking a lot was he from Gil- oh no he's from Nottingham <laughs> was he? I, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't remember where he was do, do you want to do you want to t- say what we call Nottingham? <laughs> on you go the, the, no- the naughty panties who's from the, no- the naughty panties yeah that's not going viral is <laughs> it? <laughs> okay <laughs> Then from there, the next signing we had was Kennedy, Big Brad, the the guy who seems to get the most in all the charity auctions. <laughs> uh, and again, probably didn't get off to the... Seems like a nice enough guy. Um, seemed to be a lady's favourite from what I could gather. But really? the press release was kind of tied to that as he's... I think he said he had some skills. And to be fair, towards the end of the season, he was starting to randomly score these random goals, wasn't he? he yeah, he was. And I remember... Did he not have... I can't remember who we were playing. He had like a, a breakaway. Yeah. Moment. And uh, you know, just like, there's a point where you're like, even when I've said it, and then they said, you know, they do the thing where it's Bradley Kennedy, and then you repeat his name, and I'm going, but hang on a second, that was Bradley Kennedy. <laughs> so he did have some glimmers of skill there, but I think in one of the, 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 the press release it said, it's like he can stick up for his mates. 
and I guess we're thinking, I think everyone had the impression of this guy's going to be like an enforcer. Yeah, big bruiser, scrappy folk. Dyson Stevenson style character, you know, he's going to go in for scraps and, you know, that kind of thing. And he never really did, yeah, I don't did he? Really, I don't, yeah, I don't really remember him maybe taking like a couple of penalties after a bit of a, yeah. how's your father? <laughs> there was, so it was maybe one or two things, but I kind of been expecting a guy who's just going to go and absolutely like, kind of get amongst it. Yeah, that's too. kind of not the player he was. No. So then we had Simpson signing in goals, again, another British player. At that point, that's where I guess the goalkeeper situation started to get a wee bit confusing because up until that point, we hadn't signed Taylor. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, if you looked at last season, we had Starrett and McLaughlin and that was it. So people are going, so hang on, is Driscoll actually a number one goalkeeper? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of built up a bit of a, oh, this team's quite good, but oh, is the goalkeeping going to be the thing that, you know, pulls us down and then you know in my naive Malky Puck head I'm going he's saying Shane Starrett so this guy's got to be this guy's the next Shane Starrett surely and then we signed Shabbat not long after that and I feel a bit sorry for him because he ended up playing defence for like the first half of the season Yeah, and I guess when you hear and speak to a lot of folk about hockey players it is like they have a season and more often than not they move on to other teams and the points on their record you know influence you know i guess the next team pay and stuff like that so for him to go into defense as a forward that probably does like play an impact on that but i guess it's probably an easy one to say look i played in defense for half the season mm. so it was quite a, a kind of team effort to do that for him but you know it was definitely i felt he did come into a wee bit of game i like shabbat i've got his a uh, bowling top so i'm a wee bit partial to him and then not long after that we signed our third goalkeeper Taylor and I think there was a bit of a famous interview would you not say yeah good love me looked like a rabbit in the headlights I think he said he couldn't I, I couldn't wait to play in England <laughs> but to be fair yeah he looked like he just got dragged out I think that's what it, who was it two minutes for chatting said he looked like he'd been dragged out of his bed by Craig at two in the morning <laughs> yeah. good love him so uh, yeah yeah that was really funny it was like I felt feel, I feel sorry for the guy because it's obviously it was like probably like four in the morning there oh, or something like that and he got the country wrong and I guess you know England Scotland divide is not like it's maybe not the best way to <laughs> kick off and it just made you laugh so after that again I think this was the final signing of the season up until mm-hmm. the pre-season point and again probably a marquee signing it was Nolan Laporte a fan favourite everyone's buzzing for it mm-hmm. and I think in the quote it said he was part of the deadly trio of Wah, Yellowhorn and Laporte from last season. And I think when the season goes on, when Yellowhorn was here, I don't know if I quite appreciated Yellowhorn when he was here. I maybe took him a bit for granted. I mean, you look at that trio, you kind of go, was it the Yellowhorn player that we actually missed Yeah. in this season rather than the other two guys? And I can't believe I'm saying it, but I... I Maybe we were. I, I I always liked Yellowhorn. I'm no. I never really bashed him, but I think when you look back, maybe he was the guy of that three that maybe would have been better to have on board. But I think he'd signed for Coventry, Coventry yeah. pretty pretty straight away. I think kind of drew the line in that. So that was the end of the signings, which then, for the most part, led to a bit of a goalie debate, didn't it? And I think when you look at Malcolm Campbell, like we're saying he signed Starrett last season, and I'd be surprised if anyone really knew who Shane Starrett was up until that point and but Shane Starrett not previously played pro 
Ep- for like eight, eight show. I I thought he'd. I, this I thought this was Driscoll's first season, but Shane Starrett had previously played pro within in North America. Yeah, he played so for I think the that East. was the concern that is that this guy he'd only played with like three games or something like that in the HL. I can't remember or with university. Yeah. So I think that was where the debate was, and I guess from me, I'm kind of going back. Yeah, but this might be the diamonds are off because I guess you're trying to look and go. Maybe we can get some of these guys in. And you'll maybe get them for a season and the talents will be brilliant and we don't see them again. Look how optimistic I'm thinking here that we're going to sign these players. And I guess maybe put too much trust into Malcolm Cameron there. And I should say, trust the process, trust the process. And the problem is it really stirred up a debate online, didn't it? Yeah, I think people were starting to, to panic a little bit because the, the rest of the team on paper, you were like, yeah, we can maybe maybe challenge at the top half of the table. <laughs> Less said about that. Um but there was the goalie situation that I think people were having a little bit of concern about. And I think, to be honest, we were a wee bit concerned, but we were, or I was at least going, no, Malcolm Cameron, Malky, Malky Puck we trust. But it got so bad, the the kind of, I guess, what would you say, not drama, but worry, that they had to release a statement to even tell us who was the number one goaltender, like the 1A, 1B, where they stood. They ended up putting out a like, well, press release. Because uh-huh, I don't think... I remember listening to their interviews they did with each of the three goalies and it sounded like they didn't even know to be honest yeah, like they were going to be like tossing a coin every night to find out who was going to go on which I don't know it felt a bit strange but yeah Malcolm came out and kind of clarified that Zach was their number one with Taylor backing up yeah. and then Simpson backing up Taylor I don't know yeah. so so it was kind of an interesting one because then obviously there's multiple debates between that because you're going well do we not want Simpson to be the backup goalkeeper so does that mean we're going to have Ty Taylor actually not even iced because mm-hmm. you know you've got to have the certain amount of Brit players and yeah basically Malcolm had to put out a statement or the clan did to say who's going to be his number one A and one B I think is the terminology maybe um, which probably isn't a good sign there and I guess it's hard to determine because was it not um, Ty Taylor that's got is it not like his rights are owned by like Tampa Bay? Yeah, some like NHL team or something like that. So you kind of think, oh, maybe there's something in that as well. So that was kind of the main signings during the start of the kind of regular preseason. And on paper, I think it's fair to say outside the goalkeeper situation, for the most part, people seem pretty happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I didn't, to be honest, look terribly concerned by it. Bear in mind, I've even though we've seen the clan maybe once or twice a year for, I think I found a Facebook feed, it's like we've been in 2013, but probably once a year or something up until maybe the last few, the last two seasons, that on paper with limited knowledge, well, this seems like a good team, you know, all the backup seems to be good, other than the goaltenders part, but you're hoping, Malcolm's done his research here, this is going to be fine. So that was the end of that. So then, again, talking about fan engagement, the clan management team did a, Q&A on the 9th of August and that was Malcolm Cameron Jerry McLaughlin and Gareth Chalmers yes so Craig Anderson hosting it yeah I think you might be right there Mm. I think he was asking questions and to be fair I thought I actually thought they all came across pretty well you know talking Uh about some hard hitting topics but it was like the energy bill and all this kind of stuff and to be fair I thought you know in terms of engagement if they they continued doing that throughout the season you know every now and then maybe doing something you know that would be quite quite good mm-hmm. now as we know that maybe it doesn't quite happen but after that it then kind of gets to we're getting the build up for the start of the season 
and we start seeing some posts about you know whether it's Dunbar arriving. I think he arrived on like the nineteenth of August. Then you see then it's like Hayden touches down and all these different posts. The ice starts to go down the twenty sixth of August, and then I think two days after that, the twenty eighth, they did like player introductions at the arena. Which was quite cool, to be fair. Again, some more fan engagement before the season. So everything's going quite well here. And I think this is again where some red flags started to appear and probably what we'll maybe kind of almost kind of conclude on is that we had... 28th of August is when we got announced to players. And I think even on that day, those players arriving just in time for that introduction thing. Yeah. Was there not somebody who'd like skated on like just after he'd arrived at the airport or something I can't remember yeah so it was, the, the, yeah it was very strange that they didn't seem to have much of a pre yep well, they, yeah well, they had a pre-season two pre-season friendlies against Fife I can't remember I've only got noted one but there could have been two I feel like there was like a home and away possibly yeah so the, the issue we had here is that all the players actually arrived on the 28th and there was a pre-season friendly, at least one of them. I can't remember if there's another one, but on the second of September, and we'd won it. So yeah, we won it five three, and you're thinking, oh, we're off to a positive start. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think that was the only win we had for a good period of time, which we'll come into in the next episode. But the issue we had is the first league match was on the ninth of September, so that is what just under two weeks of a pre-season. Mm-hmm. And we're not hockey aficionados, but that does not seem like a long time. And I think if memory serves me, that was at least a week shorter than most of the teams in England, if not potentially two weeks shorter. And you do wonder how much did that play into how the season went when the team's only been together for two weeks. And probably, if you look at when some of them arrived, were probably jet-lagged for a couple of days as well. Yeah. So you kind of begin to wonder oh, have you maybe shot ourselves in the foot by arriving so late? Which I couldn't understand why. I could understand like the previous season, you know, with it being COVID and all these different things going on, starting late, blah, blah, blah. But we've signed the, we've signed the manager or the coach. We've signed him on way in advance. Why did we not get the guys in sooner? Was it a cost-saving method? Is it just hard? seemed like too short, two weeks. Aye. and you especially this season that we were owning the arena so we, you know you could have some control over when presumably when the ice goes down because I'm assuming previously they were kind of at the mercy of whenever the last event finished at Brayhead Arena so yeah it was very bizarre so I feel like that was the bit where I think a few fans were going this seems a bit short and with hindsight you, you go would that like, I guess would the extra big factions made any difference who knows I'm not entirely sure. That was kind of the bit we were almost going to conclude on. I think basically at this point they'd announced Waz the captain uh, on the 7th of September just before that f- that first league match. Jones, Laporte and Peacock as assistants. And on face value you'd go that seems like a fair uh, what to call it, a leadership group. And then there was no Dyson Stevenson at this point as well which is probably a good one to make clear. Was um, Dixon a player coach? first because you know why last the previous season he was like player coach type role did they have that at the beginning I can't remember uh, so I think if Mimi said me why I wanted to just focus on playing his hockey uh-huh. and then in this season that's where Dixon signed on as being like kind of assistant coach maybe I'm almost certain that was part of the kind of gig yeah so yeah so I think this is where we kind of got to the signings. Everything's on face value, looking great. A short pre-season, maybe not ideal. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's Frankie some, Cameron. Some red flags. Yeah, there was definitely a, a fair few red flags that I guess we, or I did at least, maybe chose to maybe ignore. So this is where we'll finish off this episode and join us for uh, the next episode where, well, hopefully we'll try and make it somewhat uplifting, but I think we'll probably be discussing what the 17 game losing streak, <laughs> the controversial signing, the what, the resignation exodus of staff. See, Jiggery pokery. pokery debacle. Yeah. Yeah. All positive stuff to come. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. Um, I hope you're enjoying your off season. Um, and we'll see you in the next podcast in a week or two's time. Yeah.